Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're glad to have you here for another episode this week. I ask you, somebody asks you every single week, if you would please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. We really, really do appreciate that. And we love that it helps bring new listeners in because they can find us. So, Hey, I'm your host, Ben Trueblood. We have a room full of people as we've had the last three episodes. We are rounding third base. We're heading home today. Four-part series, baseball reference. We've been talking about how to be healthy as a minister. We've covered family relationships. We've covered friendships. We've covered how to rest. And today, we are going to talk about how to say no to stuff. I love it. Yeah. So everybody, everybody take a quick second, say hi. We've got Zach, Chad, Nathan, you've heard from Katie. What's up? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. See, that was sad. how to say no. It's not yeah. that not doing difficult, this. right? So if you haven't listened to the previous three episodes, uh, you can go and do that either now and come back or after this one, whatever you choose. They are not sequential in any other way than we just planned them that way. So you don't have to listen to them in order, but we would love for you to go listen to them. So let's start with the big question. We're talking about saying no to stuff. There are some people I believe that are naturally good at saying no to stuff. There are others who really struggle that really struggle with saying no. How is saying no a healthy practice? That's the first question for us to throw around today. Katie, do you, you were excited about this. You (laughs) jumped out there right away. Do you want to take a stab? Uh, I mean, there's not like a right answer. So take a stab is the wrong setup, but Uh, For you, how is saying no a healthy practice? Gosh, I would say I'm one of those people who's in the camp of it's hard to say no, but once I started practicing that and setting healthy boundaries, I watched my relationship with myself and my relationship with others grow. Mm. Um, Yeah, it really just does help you be a healthy person, a healthy leader in all of your relationships. Um, And I guess the why behind that, if if we're looking at it just in a black and white sense, the why behind that is because you're honoring yourself and you're honoring your own time and you're not, you're not allowing bitterness to be harbored when you say yes to, when you say yes to things that you really would rather not do or don't have the time and space to do. Yeah, that's good. Somebody else want to dive into that one? How is saying no a healthy practice? Because when you say yes and have to retract, it hurts everybody. Mm. Man, <laughs> that's it's uh, so true. I mean, yeah, it's better to say no on the upfront. I mean, there's, there's a Jesus parable in it. I'm pretty sure, uh, but it's the, like it's the two brothers that like. I mean, they're saying yes and no to like the work they're gonna do. But I think even for like friend commitments, like it's more honoring to say no, I cannot, or, uh, that's not in my capacity right now. I think there's other ways to say it than the flat. No, that's what Mm -hmm. I've had to learn as like the guy who says yes to way too many things, uh, is that has to be, uh, a consideration for what the no actually provides, which at some level is boundary. Uh, and some Mm -hmm. level is honoring. If you, if you're like on the fence and you say yes, and then have to cancel later, it can be more cruel than just saying that 
I don't have capacity for that right now. So there you go. You know, something I'm learning learning. (laughs) from my kids in on this topic right now is, you know, like working from home every day, it's now summer. And so I have kids in my house and while my eight year old is at home, he, he wants like, he wants me to play Fortnite with him every day. Every day I'll come downstairs to get a drink of water or to fill up my water bottle or to grab lunch. And he says, is work done yet? Because he doesn't understand all of the dynamics of what dad's work and being in a home environment is. And so I'm constantly in this place with all of my kids in some form or fashion having to say not right now or later today. And it's just more of a, putting them off kind of answer rather than saying no. And here's why in this moment. And so this is something that the difference between yes and no. And the put off answer is something that in real time I'm having to consider and I'm learning for myself. And with those relationships, it is better to form the answer some way, Zach, like you were saying, like, I don't have the capacity to do that right now. Obviously with an eight year old, maybe it's said a little different, but that's the answer because I'm also learning that yes. And not being able to like, we know that that's not great, but putting off rather than giving a definitive answer that we believe can also cause issues later in the day, later in the moment, whatever it is. And so I'm learning that right now that, like there's a reason I think like scripture speaks to like, let your yes be yes and your no be no, not your maybes be maybe. Mm-hmm. And for me in those relationships with my kids, I think they will understand and have understood no, because instead of Maybe in an hour, maybe in two hours, maybe and then two hours later, I can't yet, maybe later. And it just doesn't create a good relational environment. And I think that can also be true in a work environment or in other personal relationships is just, I think many times we know when the answer needs to be no, we just, Mm. we just stop short of that and it gets us into trouble when we try to delay or try to say yes, when we, when we know we don't need to. Yeah. The, the inability to say no is a relationship problem. It uh, oftentimes we think of it as a task issue, right? Like we're saying no to this or that, but uh, often when we, we struggle saying no, it's, it's because there's this thing that's happening with that relationship. Um, and so either we feel like if we say no, we're letting that person down or they're not going to like us as much or they're going to think something different about us, all of these kind of things. And I think the more we can separate those ideas um, and maybe sometimes it has to do with maybe some of the people we're dealing with, um, I think we can get in a better place to where we can say definitive yeses or definitive no's in a way that still makes for a great relationship. Um, you know, if I feel like I have a good enough relationship with any of you guys that if you were to say, Hey, can you do this? You know, I want to be able to make it happen, but if it's not able to be able to work, I can say it in a way that I don't feel like is going to damage a personal relationship. 
Now, there's always consequences, right? Yes or no, or all these kind of things. And we have to, you know, weigh those with our yeses and nos. Um, but I think when we can, in a relationally or emotionally mature way, be able to just handle, you know, business or ministry stuff or, you know, just task in a way that isn't tied to our own relationship or the way that we feel about someone that we all just say, Hey, we've got work to do here. It's got to happen. All of those kind of things. And to be able to uh, talk about it in a way that communicates correctly. Yeah. One thing that I ta- thought about Ben, when you were talking specifically about that example um, and the yes, be yes and no, be no is sort of like a, if you were to say, if you were to like, say, yeah, I can do that right now. You maybe could spend five minutes or 15 minutes playing with him. And it would be like in that moment, you would constantly be thinking, man, I really need to get back to this task or I really need to get back to this meeting or whatever it is just to sort of squeeze in that moment to give him that yes that he was looking for then. But how that looks different to to be able to communicate, no, I can't do this right now, but what if we spend an hour playing Fortnite tonight? Yeah. You know, and, and I think about it the relational part of that, like Chad said, is, you know, you, you want, you, when you feel obligated to say yes to someone, the desire there is to maintain the relationship, um, or to invest in the relationship. But sometimes being able to say, no, I can't do that right now because I couldn't give you my full attention or because I wouldn't be at my best or because I wouldn't do my best work, but I can give you this at this time really is making that you really are giving more to that relationship or to that project because you can be all in when you do say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you meet that person, that other person's like emotional need in that moment, yes. especially when we're talking about our kids. I love that. Katie. That's such a great example. And it, you, in the way even you say it, even in that moment, it doesn't have to be a no specifically when we're talking to our kids of saying like, yes, I want to do that here's when I can do it, mm-hmm. I think is is a great practice, not only with kids, but sometimes in ministry as well. Yeah. So it's the principle that saying no creates space to saying yes in times and situations and to projects that matter most. Mm-hmm. Like you can give, for, to use your example, you can give 15 minutes of a yes right now that really doesn't cut it. Or... You can say no now and give more time with a more meaningful yes later. And that same principle can be applied across the board in anything that we take on, not just family stuff, but in work things as well. So I think an important thing to consider here, and this is, I think, the hard part of this, because cognitively, I think we can get to the place where we say, okay, There's benefit in saying no, and I see what the benefit of saying no is, but how do I know what I can say no to? And we can take this in specifically like a work environment. And if if I'm a youth pastor and I'm listening to this podcast episode and I'm saying, man, guys, this sounds awesome. But how do I, I've got a plate full of things and I've got expectations (laughs) coming from a hundred different angles. How do I know the things that I'm allowed to say no to? So, uh, there's a business entrepreneur guy, uh, Derek that I really like, and he's got a whole post dedicated to this bin. And his filter is if it's not a heck yes, then it's a no. 
<laughs> if there's that like if, if is that the like, correct hey, man, language or was that today? was that edited it, uh, possibly possibly <laughs> uh and so his thing is you know someone's like hey man you gonna grab lunch today and you're like Meh, uh, then it's a no but it was like, hey, man, you grab lunch today? And you're like, yeah, dude. Then that's what you do. And so just that kind of like, is there like some pre-baked enthusiasm to it? Uh, or as Derek Sivers would say, or, uh, you know, otherwise you discard it. And obviously, like, if there's like assignments or they're like begrudging, we can't discard like the tasks that are like obligated to us. Yeah. But when it comes to like our own like personal commitments or enthusiasm, like, you know, if you get amped up about it, then there you go. But if you're middling, eh, it's just a no. There's also a rule of uh, an 80-20 where uh, they say that um, 20% of your actual work um, leads to 80% of the results that you're looking for. Um, And so I think determining what are the actual things that we do week in and week out that give us the biggest impact those have to go up on the priority list of when we get those done. Uh, and then we realize, hey, the other 80% of the work that we're going to do is only about 20% of the actual impact. But it's stuff that has to get done. Uh, but it allows us to prioritize those in a different function. And it allows us to go uh, to see what we're really trying to get done. Because if we just have a whole list of all of these different things, we don't really think through what's making the most impact. Uh, and that'll allow us to know like the things that we can kind of either delegate off or just completely rid from what we're going to be doing that week. That's so significant, Chad. And, and that's kind of along the lines of what I was thinking is like being able to say no Uh, like you know what you can say no to when you know what things are priority and I think sometimes that can be really difficult at work especially if you're receiving requests from multiple different people and so sometimes it it takes um it takes some help to be able to prioritize your work um sometimes that's like reaching out to a supervisor or you know somebody your boss who can help you who can help see the full the full lay of the land of everything that's on your plate and can help prioritize it. And some of the people who are making big asks of you might not even know the extent of everything that's on your plate. They can help prioritize. And one of the other things that I have learned in recent years is sometimes when you're being asked a lot of things, maybe particularly from the same person, um, is the ability to like, once you know those priorities, you have this ability and that ability is to say, I can, take this on, but something else will have to shift or something else will get less attention. And that's a lot easier when you know what the priority things are. Chad, like you said, like what's going to produce the most results? That's the thing I should pour my time and effort into. And if I divert time and effort away from that thing, um, it, you know, it will suffer. So this is where it, a good relationship with the person that you report to is really important for this conversation mm-hmm. to be yes. able to do both Ch- Chad and Katie, what you guys have been talking about here takes an open line of communication where your supervisor, boss, the, whatever knows what you're working on knows that, that when you commit to something, you're going to do it, that you're going to follow it to completion, that work ethic isn't a question there 
that there's been a long series of communication opportunities where you've had discussions like this, where when you say back to them, hey, I can take this thing on that you've asked me to do, but that means I have to shift these other priorities. I would like your feedback on that as my leader. That takes relationship with Mm -hmm. the person that you report to. And so man, file that away as you listen to this, file that away in the action step kind of bucket that if you don't have that kind of relationship or that kind of open communication with the person that you report to, then spending more time and making it a goal to communicate more often to that person can be an action step for you this week. Because what you, what you, what you don't want to have happen is for that leader to think in their back of their mind, they're just having to move those priorities because they're not accomplishing much because they're not effective because they're not using their time wisely. So that's some stuff on your end that you've got to make sure and communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And complaining that you're busy to your boss is, is not good communication Mm. either. Right. Right. Um, and, And I think that's where a lot of people get when they get overwhelmed, you know, they start that communication with their, their boss or pastor, whoever with that, I got so much going on. Um, and I think a lot of times, especially if you have an insecure leader, um, they immediately go to the place. Well, you're not doing as much as me. Right. And then, then there becomes this like really frustration, tension in the relationship that's just not healthy for anyone. And so when times are good, build on it and, 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 uh, build that trust because I think that's what we're really talking about is building trust with with leaders and people that we work with that they realize like hey they are going to make it happen and so saying no I, I get it right I've got a guy on my team who is an absolute workhorse I mean this guy is just like above and beyond all of the time and so to the point where a lot of times I'm like Hey, I gotta, I gotta protect him and make sure he's not doing too much. But if he were, if anytime he ever says, Hey, I can't, there's never even any question because I know like, Hey, if, if he could, he would. And so, uh, it allows for that just good relationship there. Yeah. I think from the perspective of the leader, Because in some way or another, whether you're listening to this and you have paid staff that report to you or not, all of you lead volunteers. And there's a little bit of element of this that when we say volunteers, we are requiring of you to do these things when you step into this role. What if a volunteer tells us they can't do it? Sometimes we don't, we don't like to hear that. No. And so I think on the side of the leader, And this is something that I have at times done really poorly and at other times have done, have done better. And that is creating space as the leader for the people that I lead to be able to be honest about what they can and can't do for the employee or for the person to go to the leader and have that open communication. That's putting yourself out there. It, there also is a dependence upon the leader to be able to hear what the person is saying, to be able to look through maybe some of the initial knee-jerk reaction to negativity that sometimes happens, and to create the space for people to be able to prioritize their work or for you to help them prioritize their work in a way where they can say no or 
like Katie said, yes, but that means these other things will be done at a different time. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I don't want to leave this topic without also addressing it from the side as we lead people, both volunteers and staff kind of people. Yeah. And if I can jump in there as the volunteer for so many years that always said, yes, student ministry leaders, I think that's great, Ben. But if you have that volunteer that is always saying yes, then take a moment, step back and find out if they're really okay with all the yeses. Cause I just felt obligated that if I had even the slightest bit of a chance to, to help and do something that I needed to. So whether it was like, Hey, can you, do this you thing to can you run sound for the senior adult Christmas party to this that or the other you know I was I found myself saying yes way too often Mm. and then I ended up getting into a place where I just really couldn't stand Christmas season at the church because it was like three weeks of me being there every single day and I just didn't really even enjoy the Christmas holiday not talking about like the the spiritual side of it but just the physical you know, thinking it should be something that, that I, that I wanted to enjoy, but I just said, I had to learn those lessons the hard way of learning to say no, but I said yes way too often. And so I would say from the flip side of the volunteer side, man, just make sure your volunteers are okay with saying yes. And don't always go to the, yeah, you've got those people that you can always count on, but make sure you're, you're counting on them for the right reasons and not just because they're an easy yes. Golly, that is such good feedback, mm. man. Because like in my mind, as you're talking about that, like in student ministry, all student ministries have the person that will do everything, right? Like we, you just like there, I can see them in my mind right now. They just love the ministry and love to serve. And they're going to say yes to everything yep. and protecting them. Mm-hmm is just as important. I appreciate your feedback on that so much in this conversation because many times those are the ones that we as student pastors continue to tap into over and over and over. And so there's an element of protecting them. There's also the element of if we only ask the same three people to do things over and over, then we're robbing discipleship and growth opportunities from other people who also want to jump in Mm -hmm. and serve. For sure. Gosh, the more that I hear you guys talk about that, I mean, a no for the right reasons. You said the word protection. You're protecting your leaders there. You protect the work. You protect your time. You protect mm. relationships. I mean, learning to say no and knowing why no is important really is an act of protection. Yeah, it is. Zach, it looked like you were about to get in there. Well, so I was going to share. So for all the parents in the room that watched the uh, the the wonderful, adorable uh, uh, Australian animated Bluey TV show, <laughs> that's right. Uh, there is an episode in season two when the younger dog sister Bingo is being kind of cajoled into going along with what the rest of the family wants, and by the very end of the episode, the poignant moment uh, is the mom asking her, "Is your?" outside voice saying yes when your inside voice is saying no mm. and as i heard nathan talk i, I just i am imagining too and volunteers that we've had along the way that through obligation or honor or duty have always kind of said yes and it wasn't until we actually paused to see if that was okay it was so very important of their uh, outside yes or their inside yes for the voices and so again I, I, we we do it too we are we're we're ministry leaders that love being a part of what's going on and offering ourselves sacrificially uh, to invest in others. But uh, Katie, you're right. For the protection of, for the 
uh, preservation of and in and, and some ways prosperity of doing ministry well and for a long time, like a healthy no is your strongest yes. Mm, that's good. So in talking about saying no, there's also, we got to look at it from both sides of the coin. We've got to say, I need my strategic and healthy no create space for a more meaningful, productive yes. And at the same time as we lead people, putting them in a situation where they can make the same strategic and healthy no that we so desperately want to have in our, in our own lives. You know, Bob Goff has famously said uh, in books, and I think he's mentioned it most of the times I've heard him speak, that every Thursday he quits something. Uh, like it's every Thursday, there's something that he decides not to do anymore. And while you and I may not find ourselves in exactly the same <laughs> spot to be able to do that, the principle I think is important. And so your practical action step that we've tried to do for each one of these episodes for this week, try to think of something that can be a strategic and healthy. No, that's currently on your plate right now, write it down. Think about the steps you need to take to make that no and move on from there. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time.